The toilet situation is... Episode 35 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. This is Brian. I'm Kara. And we're trying a different recording situation now, which has disrupted everything. Dublin was coughing so much, and it was just overpowering the podcast. So we're up in the bedroom... Which means it's a different situation, and all the dogs are now excited. Except Dublin can't go up the stairs by himself, so he's all alone, which makes me feel really bad. And my allergies are really bad, so I'm not allowed to take allergy medicine, because I have to go see the doctor on Wednesday. And they're like, don't take any antihistamines, that word, Yeah. for a week before the appointment. I'm like, I will die. And I am. So. She's basically getting hit with all the allergies full force. <laughs> it has not been fun. So it's a great time to podcast. Yep. It's a great time to record voices. As usual. We're desperately trying to have less dog sounds. We do not have a studio at the house, so yeah. And we're doing I mean, our best. There's no good location. We could go out to a farm shop, but people may actually come in. We don't know. And then... Try the goat house, but they make sounds. So, and the ducks yeah. have been really loud today because it's raining again, and they love it. Last time we went to the goat house, it really was just all ducks all the time. It was wah, 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 wah. <laughs> just like in our intro. It was that, but a lot. So, we're doing what we can. And now Aberdeen and Scotland are playing right behind the computer. Uh, I swear to God, we have something to talk about today. We do. <laughs> Kind of important stuff, too. But So it's another real estate episode. We kind of want to talk about housing in general and what people can do. It's, it's really tough out there in the housing market right now because interest rates are kind of high. And people got really low interest rates during COVID, and they're not selling. So the houses are not moving. People aren't leaving their homes. Uh, you also have the fact that boomers generally don't sell their houses. So it's just becoming increasingly impossible for young people to buy a house at all. I don't, I don't think millennials even think they can get a house. And now we're all the way to Gen Z. So I don't even know the difference anymore, to be honest. But Millennials are pushing 40. Yeah, a lot of them. That's basically my age of... I'm a little older, but I'm like on the border, so we'll. You're. She, I'm on the border. We're gonna call you an elder millennial. Well, great. I'm an that's, elder. That's the term when you're. <laughs> I'm. I'm definitely Gen X, but she's on the border between millennial and Gen X. So. Because an older generation would have a good job, have a pension, have or not a pension, because that's like government or some kind of retirement. Some kind of retirement plan. And have money in their savings, even their checking account. But my generation and below... Oh, both of yours. Gen X is where all that started to really fall apart. I don't have a dime to my name. I remember talking to a guy back when I was in my 30s, early 30s, and he was in his 20s. So basically, I'm Gen X and he would have been a millennial. And we were both talking about how we wouldn't be able to retire. Yeah. Because they're going to mess with Social Security, and by the time we get there, it's going to be gone. And and by the way, Social Security is not running out of money. That's a lie. Uh, they they tell you that because they want to cut Social Security. And 
if they can get rid of Social Security, they can make you get retirement funds that have to go through Wall Street, and then Wall Street guys make a bunch of fees off of it and get rich off of it. Whereas Social Security is just your tax dollars giving you a benefit. But the reason Social Security is in trouble is because there's a cap on the taxes so that rich people don't really have to pay the tax. That's that's what that's for. I think we've talked about that before. Anyway. We, and I won't get Social Security because I'm a small business owner and I don't get a paycheck. So. Yeah, you'll get some, <laughs> but it, it, your W-2s. But not really. I don't have a W-2. You did, though, for a long time. Yeah, way back when. You'll get but that something. was restaurant work and you don't get paid. It still counts, but it won't be much because, yeah, you weren't W-2 for – it's been a long time since you've been a business owner. So Yeah. So there's that. Um, or out of work or – Or whatever. So your Social Security probably won't be, <laughs> be like all that great. Uh, $5. <laughs> which is wrong, right? We should just take care of our old people. We got plenty of money. Uh, the, the United States has plenty of money. We can take care of our old people. But our young people aren't being taken care of either. No. And this is disrupting – Everything, because I, I remember reading articles about how um, millennials were destroying everything. Every industry was being destroyed by millennials, and it could all be explained by the fact that they just didn't have money. Mm-hmm. Like they're destroying the diamond industry. Well, I'm sorry, they're not buying enough diamonds. You know, yeah. <laughs> like people who are kind of financially screwed over by the system. But as bad as it was to get a house before. Nowadays, it's even tougher. I mean, the boomers could buy their house for like three strawberries. But Yeah, but now you need like a down payment unless yeah. you have a special program. Like Maine has the... The rural development rural loan. Rural development. So you only need 1%, which is still a lot, but it's doable for some people. But... Other places, you need at least 20%. Who has that kind of money? Most people that buy a house now are family money. Like family help is getting them a down payment, either inheritance or just family help. And that everybody doesn't have that. So you can't just work a job and get a house. And, And the messed up thing is like people will tell you that a mortgage is less than renting, which is true. Sometimes. But, well, yeah, it depends on whether whether or not they're gouging you. But but the point is, if you can pay X number of dollars in rent every month, that's proof that you could pay the mortgage. So you should get the mortgage loan. Or try to. But here's another thing that I had forgotten until a friend was looking for a house. At least in Maine, I do not know other states. You need to be at the same job for consecutive three years at least. Otherwise, you don't even bother. I mean, there's credentials you got to look up. I'm sure each state is different. I would still argue that a better indication of whether or not they're going to pay the mortgage is have you been successfully paying rent for X amount of time? That's more important than checking your consistent same job because you're just gambling on whether this person can pay the rent, pay the mortgage every month. Well, they've been paying the rent every month. However, they've managed it. Right. So that's a better, but that's not how banks work. Because yeah, the bank, banks don't care about yeah, that. The bank's not interested in getting people into houses that they can afford so that they're stable. The bank just wants, wants to make money off of you. And so, they don't go into your personal thing. They just look at your credit score and your work, whatever's. You get reduced to a number. Yeah. It's all is, paper. 
as people have more trouble getting a house, people are going for alternatives. I've heard of people going in on a house together, like a, a larger house, and more than one family goes together on it. Not necessarily sister wives, but yeah, it's just a like a <laughs> probably a bunch of other friends or I, I yeah, like 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 if if two families decide to share a house, like that kind of stuff, where you just kind of split the house up. And there's also, as we go down the list. There's what they're probably going to have across the street from us. It's probably going to be a manufactured home, which is less expensive than a regular. Now they're building, so when you're building, it's a whole other ball game because that's a lot of money. Well, they they're not necessarily building the manufactured home across the street. They've all they've done is dug up the well because there was none, and then they put a. They, they flattened platform. it. Yeah, they flattened it. A foundation, so to speak. Yeah. Basically, they flattened it all out, and then they did a, a but foundation. But you would have to do that regardless. Because I'm sure they're going to bring in one of those homes, and they come on big trucks. So right. you need a foundation for anything. Even our goat house, we had to make a little foundation for it. So. But the, when I say building, I don't mean like nail by nail. I mean there's nothing there and you put something there. Oh, well, that's going to be building to me means that's going to be building on site. Yeah, I understand. But the point is it's going to be more expensive than just buying an existing structure. And it doesn't matter how you're building. It doesn't matter what you're putting together. It's going to be more expensive than something that's already there and already hooked up. Well, yeah, cuz you got to cuz they have to I don't know if So here's the question. We don't know for a fact if an actual owner is already purchased the land and doing all this, or if the previous owner is doing all this and then going to sell it for more bank. So, but you still got to pay for the well digging, the sewer, because if you have a well, you need a sewer. Septic system is going to be fifteen, twenty thousand dollars if not more. Oh, 20 to 30. 30? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and it depends upon the land and how much the land fights you. Yeah. And it's, Windsor, it's all rock here. <laughs> yeah, so if they start to dig your septic system and all they find is giant boulders under the ground and it takes them a bunch <laughs> of extra days, that's going to be time that you're going to pay for. Yeah. So the the reason that she's that Kara's drawing a distinction in building is the word building implies that you're going to do framing. You're going to the, the house is going to go up and it's going to be a structure that's built right there. Like our house was built. I don't know how old our how old is our house. Uh, oh, uh, 1850. 1850, okay. Supposedly. I haven't done the research yet. I haven't had time, but... Somewhere in that neighborhood, because it's definitely settled. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if you build a brand new one, you might think, oh, well, that means everything's brand new. But it also means that lots of mistakes can happen. There are mistakes with new builds. There's so many. Yeah. And... Construction's just not the way it used to be. Gotta be honest. People uh, cheap out. Um, We've unfortunately followed uh, home inspectors on TikTok, and they will do v videos of brand new builds, and guys have just cut corners, yeah. skip stuff. And so, but even when you get a perfect build, like some friends of ours built their own place. But they, that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. But that's the thing, is this the guy that they got was excellent. He built a perfect house for them. 
But then because of that house and a few others, he kind of got famous in the construction world and now they could never afford him. So they just got lucky. They got lucky that they caught that guy in the beginning of his career. So you're not just going to go grab a builder and have that. That's, that was like lottery winning luck, but something that they didn't think about. They were in the house for 15, 17 years and everything in the house was old at once because they started out, it was all new. They didn't have to think about it. But then as years went by, a whole bunch of stuff started to wear out at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to replace everything at once, like the water heater, furnish. Yeah. Furnish lasts a bit longer, but you never know. So you're going to have like, whereas with an older house, people have attacked various problems over the years. And you're going to have a set of problems when you buy the house, but it's going to be... It's not going to be everything if you're... At once. Yeah. And if it is, you should not get that house. Yeah. Always get an inspector. I yeah. Mean, always an inspector. We've said this before, but yeah, always, always get an inspector. And always a sewage scan. Always get the sewer scan. Make sure there's no roots growing through the sewer. Oh, yeah. Unless you have septic, then you can't really... You can still get the septic scanned, I think. Can you, though? I yeah. I don't even know. There should be something under the house, just like... Just like with city, just instead of going to the city, it goes to a septic system. I'm looking it up, everyone. But yeah, they can. The point is, if you're trying to buy, if you can't get a regular house, what do you do, right? So we're, we're downgrading at this point. We're going from the actual brand new build of like Kara's thinking of where they actually build every wall, right? Downgrading from that is the manufactured home. And that's where they... It's not a it's not a trailer. It's not like a mobile home. It's built off-site somewhere and they build like two halves of it and they bring each half on a truck and they slap them together. Now that's never going to be as solid as a regular house. It's always going to be a little bit less. Uh, There'll always be a crack in your house. <laughs> yeah, basically a split down the middle. <laughs> My brother actually told me something interesting about those houses one time. He said that if you actually take care of it and work on it over time, it becomes kind of like a regular house because you've addressed everything and you've constantly been improving it over time. But if you don't, if, if, if those houses are left alone, they degrade like a trailer. Yeah. They just, you've got to take care of them. I mean, they're, they're not going to be as bad as a trailer, but they're, but they can go in that direction if you don't mind them. Uh, but it ends up looking like a regular house and you can take care of it and it can be fine. Right? And it's less expensive than a regular build. Uh, it's probably what they're going to do across the street because we haven't seen them dig a basement. They basically did a foundation and that's it. So I don't think that place is going to have a basement, Yeah. which so, is weird. So where is all their mechanicals go? So yeah. they're going to lose a lot of space for that. <laughs> Remember when we were looking in Massachusetts and everybody had like these, these the water heater was in a little room. Oh yeah, it was like a closet. Yeah, so everything's it's going to eat into your floor space, and you're not going to have. I mean, they don't have that much floor space to begin with. It's probably not a two-story house, so we'll see yeah. when they bring it in. Uh, but continuing to downgrade, uh, you also have what's been done time immemorial is you get a plot of land and you just put a trailer on it yeah. and you know you can get you can get trailers that are rated for um 
for harsher environments. Like if you live in South Carolina and you get a trailer that's built for like New England, then your electric bill is going to be really low because that thing is insulated out the wazoo. But if you buy one that's built for South Carolina, you're going to have the bad insulation because they don't expect it to get cold. They're not going to do the extra effort to get the thing insulated. So trailers are a wide range. Those things depreciate like a car. So you... Yeah, you can't... There's no resale value. There's... It's basically you live in it, enjoy it, and then move on. Yeah, it's like it's like buying a car that you can't sell to anybody else. And the problem with trailers is like if you can't buy a lot of land yourself then you gotta rent a space like in a trailer development or yeah you have you you then have lot rent and you have the payments on the trailer itself yeah and you can't change anything you're kind of stuck right because it it costs like a few thousand dollars at least to move it to another lot so you're kind of kind of stuck there and you got to take care of your trailer because if you don't it it falls apart really fast. Yeah. Those go bad really quick. Uh, so you've got to really be vigilant. Got it. You got to do the underpinning, which is where you, you put a skirt around it. So it covers up the wheels and everything. You don't let the air go underneath it. That helps with the temperature. But now you're getting into more rural areas. If you have to live in the city, you can't do any of this, right? Because you can't get a plot of land. I mean, well, if, if you're getting it, if you're getting a trailer, Best case scenario, you buy a few acres and you put the trailer on it. And some people will do that with the intention of building a house later. Yeah. So you put the trailer like not in the best place on the property. You, you, you pick where you want the house to be and you put the trailer somewhere else. Yeah. And then the trailer is where you live for 20, 30 years and you never build a house. <laughs> or now everyone's into those tiny homes. Oh, we're getting there. Oh, yeah. We're getting there. Because after you get down from trailers, because trailers still cost a lot and they're hard to maintain to maintain, and you can't resell them, but you still end up with, you could, you, you could end up hooked up to city water and city sewer, or you could end up with a septic tank, even with a trailer. Uh, but, you know, Aberdeen is snoring right next <laughs> to the camera. <laughs> Always the dog sounds. <laughs> So anyway, the young younger people who can't get a house, they can't necessarily get land. And so some of them end up, if you've seen the tiny house shows, they end up getting something that can either be pulled behind a truck or is a truck. And they, they park yeah, or it. Or they, a lot of times they find these old school buses and transport. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. That's similar. Those are tight. <laughs> that's similar to our food truck discussion where like the food truck versus the food trailer. Right. Right. Now the trailer, the, the pain in the butt is you have trouble parking it because you have to pull this pickup truck and the trailer into somewhere, park the trailer. Then you have to come get it and hook it back up and drag it away. So you have to be careful how you park it. Whereas with a food truck, if it's small enough, if it's not one of the giant bread trucks, you just like ours, you can just like mm -hmm. park anywhere. But then again, you never have engine trouble with a trailer, hmm. you know, and with tiny houses, it's the same way. You, your, your house is going to have an engine and brakes and suspension. And so if you got one of the school buses, you're going to have to maintain that bus as a bus. And in the winter, the air is going to go underneath the bus and you're going to lose heat that way. So there's, it depends on where you are. Yeah. I just... 
the idea is great and maybe if you're a single person perhaps but uh we've seen those shows where they put their kids in one of those and yeah it's, it's like it's it, kind of cruel it's kind of crazy because not I mean, only do you, you have, don't need to be that close to your family you, you need well you space. don't have you don't have much space and it's also a young person's endeavor because this they put the sleeping area up on a loft oh yeah and I mean, there's always a ladder oh my God, what if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night come on well, I mean, don't get me wrong. When you're when you're in your twenties, you're like, okay, let's do this for fun. Let's go down this ladder. You get older. It's not even that I physically can't do the ladder. It's just as you get older, you're just like, I, I am not going to do things I don't want to do. I'm going to set this up so that I do what I want to do, and I'm not going to fight this ladder all the time. And and you're also like, I'm I'm 50 years old, and the thing is, I'm as physically fit and strong as I was. 10 to 15 years ago or 20 years ago. But if I get hurt, the consequences are severe. I mean, I, I am not going to heal up as fast as I used to. So you, you go through this phase in your life where you can still do things, but you're like, you're really thinking about, you know what, if I fall, that's going to be pretty, if I fall off this ladder, it's a big deal. I'm probably going to be, you know, this is, I'm going to be limping for a while. I'm going to have to wrap this up. I'm going to have to exercise it. There's all these consequences for, whereas when you're in your 20s, like if I fall down, ha ha ha, I'll just get back up. <laughs> just take it for granted. So you see all these young people agreeing to all this weird stuff on their tiny home where they're going up on the roof of the thing and they're <laughs> climbing like ladders deck. all the time. It's like, yeah. just put a chair out front, dude. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to risk fall because I'm old enough where I'm really thinking about, I'm probably going to trip and fall over and crack my skull on the ground, you know, but <laughs> I don't understand like older people that do this, but whatevs, right? Um, you, you, the, the trouble is if you don't want to have a loft and stuff like that, you have to get a bigger tiny home. Which kind of defeats the purpose of a tiny home. Well, they, they stretch the limit a little bit. If you sacrifice mobility and you just have the whole thing brought in on a big flatbed truck, like um, kind of like the manufactured home, but instead of like half of a regular house, you have your entire tiny house. You can have that just laid on the ground and you can have more space. Like our, my friend Matthew did that. Yeah. I should get him to send me pictures of it. Yeah. We should interview him, see if he's actually moved into it yet and how it's going. Yeah. That's, that's a whole, <laughs> a whole flatbed truck that just kind of put the thing down for him. And that's not the thing he'll ever be able to tow anywhere or move anywhere. It's planted, but it's a tiny home. It's like the largest tiny home. It's stretching the boundary. Yeah. You know, but it's still very small. And he's also got a solar array. So yeah. he had to dig a basement out for that thing. And he's got he's going to have batteries underneath so they can keep them dry. They went through a whole ordeal. It'd be interesting to learn. We should contact him. I mean, yeah. we keep saying. But I promise you, we actually will. Because <laughs> I know. I'm one of those people. I keep saying things. Okay, so I guess you want to hold off on describing his property until we I feel we like actually... he would do a better job than we are. Okay. So. But th th that's an option for you if you buy land out in the middle of nowhere. But then you got to, like, he's off grid. So that's a whole different chapter. People do that sometimes. They go get wind turbines or solar or something and they just set themselves up. Then they still have to dig septic or dig an outhouse 
something. Right. I mean, the toilet situation it's, is blah, blah. you can almost rate where you are <laughs> in the scale of what kind of house you got, like like how large the house is and stuff with the toilets. Like in normal houses in real estate, they talk about how many bathrooms you have in the house. But as you go lower, you end up also talking about whether you're on city sewer or septic. And then when you go lower beyond that, if you did a tiny house, did you set up septic or do you have outhouses? Or a compostable toilet. Why? Why even A lot of the gross? tiny homes, the, the ones that can be pulled behind a trailer or whatever, um, have composting toilets. I'm not dealing with that. It's bad enough dealing with everyone else's poo, but I'm not dealing with my own poo. Right. <laughs> Sorry. That's so where I draw the line. <laughs> you can Google composting <laughs> toilets and see how they work. Yeah, but no. The, people act like this is all fine, and, and I guess it's, it's okay for them. Until they actually use it, and they're like, oh my god, what I do? Do you think they, like after a month, after they after the TV show is over, and they've lived well, in there yeah, a month? Well, yeah, every TikTok I've seen lately is like, we moved out grid, and I've cried for the entire time I've been here. So it's like, yeah, you got, I mean, it's not an easy life living off grid. Yeah. I would never do it. So a lot of people, when they build the smaller tiny homes, like if you build the larger tiny home, you're probably putting that on some property and you're just saving money uh, with something you can build yourself or something that's less expensive. Because remember, all this is about people can't get the kind of mortgages they used to. So they're trying to find ways to still have a place to live. Well, and, but building an actual house is more expensive yeah. As well. And good luck finding a contractor, electrician, a plumber. All that stuff. All of the things. Which, just like our flipping houses episode, when you build a tiny home, a lot of people want to do all that stuff themselves. And that makes me worry. Because yeah. you're not an electrician. I don't trust you to do the wires. Do you knew, know the codes for all the things? Right. <laughs> and, of course, if you build it, like one thing about our food truck that was kind of neat is it was built to such a standard that it, it exceeded the codes in most places. Because if you build a food truck or even a tiny home, like low grade, and then you move it to another state, you don't meet the codes. Right. <laughs> it's important to meet codes because you will get fined. And for a food truck, you get shut down. For a house, I'm not sure what, they probably give you a... Just like a regular house, they wouldn't let you get permits for anything until you solved the other thing. Right. So you'd be kind of stuck. A lot of people are, are putting their tiny home on their parents' property. So they live like – like some of them in the, the TV shows we saw actually went to the bathroom in the main house. <laughs> Could you imagine so it was like, walking like 200 feet to go to the bathroom every yeah, time? But, but the thing what is – you have a small bladder? I mean – my parents' generation would be like, oh, you're basically living with your parents and stuff. Except this, the, the system that we've built in this country has denied them the opportunity. They work harder than my – millennials and Gen Z work harder than my parents did. The boomers did not have to work as hard. They got a lot more stuff for a lot less effort. And everything that they benefited from growing up has been torn down. So every generation after the boomers has had a more difficult time as the world gets worse. So now we got kids just trying to get some space outside their parents' place. If their parents have a few acres, you know, like if we had a kid that was in her 20s and they decided to build something on the back 
you know, some of the back acres, then, you know, I'd be for it. I'd oh, be, yeah. I'd be like, go. I want you close. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, but that means we'd be digging. Because with an outhouse, it's not just like you're probably thinking literally just a hole in the ground with a little wooden shack. And sometimes it is. But you can also do other stuff. Like one guy we follow on TikTok, he built an outhouse where he's actually got solar power and he has a fan that is evacuating air. He turns everything on when he goes into that building. Uh, so he's got a fancy outhouse. But he's also got um, black pipes on the outside, like a vent that goes in the outhouse. And because it's black, the sun warms it up and the heat rises and it just naturally pulls the odor out the top of the pipe. So it makes there's ways to make your outhouse not smell quite so bad <laughs> like an outhouse. But I promise you dealing with an outhouse is a lot grosser than just having septic. I'm trying to remember. I got to ask my parents, but I believe there was an outhouse on the the property I grew up on as a kid, but I don't remember exactly. I'll have to ask my mom. So tune in for that one. That's yeah, because because you know detail. if you unless you plan to dig another outhouse somewhere else every once in a while, you do have to do something to get it to work like a septic tank and degrade stuff. Well, yeah, and so the problem with outhouses, you gotta go out in the the weather, the yep. Whatever, and if it's at night, you're dealing with whatever is out there, predators, or depending where you are, obviously. And a lot of times, the bees or the wasps like to make homes in those areas. So you've got to constantly so, police that. Like, yeah, spiders. And, oh my God, spiders! Could you imagine? And of course, it doesn't. It doesn't help that the <laughs> smallest, most harmless woodland creatures make horrifying velociraptor noises at night. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll hear something at night in the woods. You're like, Oh my God, what is that? It's a monster. I'm going to die. And it'll be some little something is like yeah. raccoons actually can sound pretty scary at night. If you don't know what a raccoon sounds like, you're like, <gasps> well, raccoons are scary to begin with. Do not become friends with a raccoon. Do not feed them. Do not let them into your property. They are havoc. They're wild animals too. So, <clears throat> There's yes, that. they may be cute, but they are rodents. So, and they're very smart. They've got hands. Yeah, they will open your chicken door. You you basically have to like lock it as if you're locking it against a human, almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the but the point of what we're getting at is, as you oh, go, or if you want to rent like a porter john and have a company come out and oh, clean God. it for you, there's that. I mean, I don't know how much that would cost, but that seems excessive. It's but. I mean, it's an option. That's true. That's and we true. may have to do that eventually if we get popular enough and more people come because they're not coming inside to use our bathroom. Yeah, there's that. Sorry, people. I mean. Which means we can only put, and there's all logistics <laughs> for that. Like, where would we put it? We can't put yeah, it too far wanna, back. We don't want to put it out near the street either because it's not, they don't make them pretty. I don't know why they don't make them pretty. Well, and they, they have to be able to empty it, so you can't yeah. put it out of... The, the truck has to access it easily. That's a problem. So, yeah, it's, out, it's trouble. So, so that, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> but moving, moving on down the line, you can get really nice tiny homes that you can build for... Some of those builds were like $60,000 or less, and 
And sometimes so the people... question is, can you even... I mean, obviously, you can't get a mortgage for that. You can't do... But maybe you get a loan for it. I'm not even sure. It's if... easier than getting a $300,000 or more because housing is really expensive Well, now. if it already exists, but if it doesn't exist, I feel like it might not be that easy. I... Yeah, it depends because you're also leaning on family at that point. So to get... you'd probably have to put it on a credit card and pay it that way. I don't think there's like loans for small, tiny houses. When people build them themselves, they tend to get the the base frame and like if it's a truck or something they get whatever they're starting with and they build it themselves over time and the money just racks up and they it can take a long time because they're building it on their parents property or whatever and of course we're always coming back to you know my brother's a carpenter my oh yeah my cousin's an electrician that kind of but stuff if you don't have that you're kind of yeah out of luck so moving <laughs> moving down from because don't get me wrong, though. These tiny houses can be creative and cool, but they're they're very unsafe. Like the, the drawers where your clothing goes, they're like the steps up. If you have steps up to the loft, they're also going to be storage. You have drawers and to pull And if you're out. claustrophobic, don't even try. Yeah. I mean, just looking at some of these places, I am claustrophobic. And you no, wouldn't be able to do it? I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. I have enough. Because you're on the loft and the ceiling is right there. There'd be no way. I'd be like, I'm out. You can't really sit up in some of them. So they're That's pretty like tight. a nightmare of mine. Like one of those anxiety dreams you, of not being able to sit up right. Or, yeah, no, thanks. Next. Maybe you should get one of those psychological evaluations, like before they let you serve on a submarine. <laughs> Just get one of those to see if you're okay with a tiny house. Oh my gosh. But some of them, like, and, and they're, I've seen like, some references to parks. They're like tiny house parks, like a trailer park. And if you've got community there, it can be nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. This can be cool if this is what you're into. And it can be an option that's a lot less expensive than a regular home. Sometimes people choose this and they, I don't know how long to keep it. I don't know. But, but they're, they're doing that because they can't get a regular house. They're not, they're yeah. not like, they'll talk about it as if, Oh, we're so excited we're getting a tiny home, but like you'd rather have a regular home. Because who wants to deal with yeah, a you, tiny home? You'd rather have a regular home. Uh, it's it's because the economy is messed up and the country's messed up and mm. and young people are getting screwed over. That's that's why they're doing this. You know, and and then of course you move into campers and like RVs. Like there's people that live in RVs. They'll purchase like a like recreational vehicle and yeah. that's meant to be lived in for like the, the classic example is the, the old retired couple that buys a giant Winnebago and they want to see the country. Oh yeah. And they ended up in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas they could have just <laughs> gone to Florida. Oh, a very stereotypical thing, but I do not, I mean, to each their own, obviously we're not telling you what to do. We're not judging you, but to be honest, it's not a good investment. You can't resell it. It depreciates. It's a vehicle. It's a vehicle, and it. It's not built sturdy. If it takes and if any, you're in the Northeast. You will freeze. Yeah, it <laughs> they gets, are not built for the Northeast. It gets beat up. The weather hits it. The salt on the roads. You got to worry about all the vehicle problems. You have to worry about all those, and then it's your house. Sadly, it, there's we live on a busy street or road. I don't know. It's a road. It's a road. Yeah. 
it's a route, I don't know. But there are some trailers down the road that aren't up to keep and they're kind of they look bad and everyone posts on the Facebook forums like who lives there, why is it so gross, etc. And it gives the neighborhood a bad name. But people can't afford to upkeep these. And right. that's why they're living there to begin with. So it's like uh, It's like if you want to write them a check to go do all yeah. this they will gladly do all the stuff you want them to do. Just go give them the money. Right. And then they'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> no one chooses to live in a trailer unless, you know, you actually do choose to live in a trailer because it's... There might be a chapter in your life where you need that right now. You're like, hey, I'm going to go live in a trailer. But you don't like, you know, like, yes, I'm going to live in a trailer. Yeah. It's a, it's a temporary <laughs> solution to where your life is at at the time. It's not what you dream of. Yeah. Trailers also they depreciate like crazy too. They, they, it, they you have to maintain them. And if you're in, if you're in an RV, everything is cheap and hard to replace. It's probably expensive to replace parts in an RV if they break. Probably. And the bathroom has to be pumped out. Oh yeah. If you need to, if you need details on how that works, just go watch the movie Christmas Vacation. <laughs> the. The you-know-what is full. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Esther's full. Oh, I love that movie. We're going to watch it again. So many every, times. Every Christmas. <laughs> well, I've already started the Christmas movies, let's be honest. Hallmark's <laughs> oh, already God. there. I'm on board. Why not? <laughs> Home Depot has a small <laughs> Halloween section and a giant Christmas section. What is this garbage about the war on Christmas? Who? What's? Who's the moron? That who believed there was a war on Christmas. Christmas is eating other <laughs> holidays. It is, it is Christmas has a next Thanksgiving already. What happened to Thanksgiving? It's been swallowed up by Christmas. Christmas is now devouring Halloween. They, it's sad because I used to love Halloween movies. Horror movies were my favorite genre, but for you know, it's tough because they put hand stuff in all the movies now. They do. So some writer or batch of writers has got a fetish, and they keep putting that like stuff in. It's like in every show. Like I'm rewatching Frasier. Well, not rewatching. I never watched Frasier before, but I'm like, okay, I'll try it because I've watched everything else. So let me try the old show Frasier, not the new one. And there was a hand incident. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I had to skip that episode i'm like why why your comedy show about psychologist psychiatrist psychologist whatever he is fraser's psychiatrist well whatever still not necessary so but it's it does seem like but there are a couple horror movies that i i mean this week i'll be tuning in to like i think my favorites are scream i love the scream genre i mean yeah because you just get stabbed yeah, they're fun and quirky, and there's humor involved. And then Halloween's always good. And then Final Destination, which I know, right? I mean, yeah. Basically, but, anything other than a hand, and she's all into it. But any of the others, like I do, I don't remember what other. I haven't seen Poltergeist in a while. Maybe I'll read. I don't know if that one would hold up now. It, I don't know. It's been so long. The old movies only, they can only scare you through nostalgia now because they're not. Well, they're nothing's scary anymore. The sad part is nothing scares me because, I mean, we're totally off tangent now, but we'll get back. But I just need to say this because my 
cousins used to make me watch horror movies when I was like five years old. So I am like dead zone when it comes to horror movies. Nothing scares me. Right. She would, she enjoyed them and she would laugh about it and stuff. Yeah. Um, but after the hand injury, the, the hand stuff is just too real. Yeah. I just can't. It's too much trauma, too much. Because when you're watching these movies, like I'm not into some of the gore. Kara was more into the gore than I was, but you know, it's not real. It's not a real thing. So you don't have to be emotionally attached to it because they made a movie. They faked all this. Yeah. But when it gets to a hand thing and she actually lived through some real stuff. It's it, scarier. Yeah. The, the separation of the person in the movie is not there anymore. And it just, she has to look away and just turn it off. Like I love Wes Craven and I love Kevin Williamson who did like scream. And I know what you did last summer. All the cheesy ones love cheese, but Nightmare on Elm Street used to be my favorite, but I don't think I can watch them anymore, to be honest. So, because I know there's a lot of bad stuff. But anyway, back to housing. <laughs> From horror movies back to housing. We, we're, we're currently talking because, about... Because, I mean, houses are horror movies sometimes. They are. They can be. <laughs> the RV... Like, when we're talking about RVs, all this stuff that we said, we were talking about a brand new one. Yeah. Don't if, get used. If you I mean, buy a used one, but well, but the person I mean, is trying to... I know, you might have to. The but. person that we're talking about that is kind of financially screwed by the system and they can't get a house and they're falling back on an RV, they're not going to have the money for it because those things are ridiculously expensive. Honestly, if you have to buy a used RV, you're better off renting somewhere. Probably. Because that RV, the used one, is already broken down. So it, yeah. it, it's... Just don't. And I can't stress enough... What Kara Unless just you're mentioned. Like a handyman or something. Yeah, if you're like a contractor, you could probably just you know fix it up, laugh yeah. at us, and and make it all yeah. work, right? <laughs> but the it's like Kara mentioned, the insulation alone is enough reason to not do that. And and with with RVs, it scales all the way down to glorified campers, like a pickup truck with a camper shell that is larger than normal with a little room in it. It like it scales all the way down, uh, and then there's there's campers that you can drag behind a, a truck or something like that, which you've gotten away from the vehicle problem, but you're still dealing with the insulation problem. You're going to be using a lot of electric heaters. Your electric bill is going to go out the wazoo. Now there, there's people. It's just it's crazy to see, but there's people if you look on TikTok building all kind of weird stuff. And I've seen people refurbish a, a camper like that to make it more of a living space. And those people have a lot of time. They're not punching a clock at two jobs and then trying to work on this on the side. Yeah. And again, so, if you're doing it yourself, then you have some money to be able to yeah. sink into the thing. Somehow these people have the time and the money to do all this construction and spend all these, oh, we spent this many hours on it. It's like if you if you're working – if you're financially strapped and you're working two jobs, yeah, yeah. there's just you don't have the hours. There's only 24 hours in a day, and you, the hours don't exist for you to do that. Somehow, those people had the privilege of putting that time in and that money in. So we, to go back, we kind of skipped a couple of things. Like before, you get to the tiny home trailer and RV. 
there are two other options oh, yeah. to buy. Like, condos are a thing. Condominiums. They are basically apartments, normally in a building, that or a townhouse. My sister is in a townhouse. She has the end unit. So, a condo, you actually get the deed. You own it. You can do whatever you want with it. You still have a... You have to deal with the community. I forget the actual terminology. Yeah, there, but there's basically there's some kind of association. It's not yes, a homeowner's association. But it's but it, similar. It's similar yeah. to the homeowner's association. You have to make sure your lawn is clean unless the condo is like an apartment where they have maintenance come and do it and then it's included in the fees i've never understood condos because it's like oh no co-ops are was but we'll get it's to a, that it's like an set. apartment that you own which yeah. happens in new york where they own apartments yeah and that well, sounds weird to me too but there if you're in a city and there's not much houses available and you want to own something condos are the best option because yeah. You actually own it. You can change the wall color. You can renovate it however you want. But you still have to deal with... I mean, a condo, you, you got your your maintenance fees and stuff like that you still owe. So it is like a homeowner's association if you're in one of those areas no matter if it's an apartment or a townhouse or by itself and with renovations if you're in a building you gotta be you gotta yeah, watch you gotta, out for you gotta talk to your neighbors be like here's what's going on please don't complain or you just know. or just i'm not gonna mess with this wall because you are on the other side of this wall yeah i mean so, i'm talking like redo kitchen counter or something oh, simple yeah. like that like not changing walls or anything i don't think I don't know, but, and then there's the other option, co-op, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of co-op grocery stores and stuff like that, but there's also, these all only really happen in big cities like New York or San Francisco or somewhere. A co-op, I do not suggest. You do not actually own the property. You don't own the space. You are... And other, I mean... It's like a bunch of people going together for it? Well, the whole building, you're on a board, basically. You've got a board of trustees, and everyone owns that building who is on that board. So you own, you don't own anything, basically. You. I don't so is it like a, like a financial structure where everybody's... Part owner? Co-op is like, it's a corporation, right? So, like I said, you don't own the title. No, you don't own the deed. You own a title, which in real estate terms is not a lot. If you want to do anything to your... Because essentially it's an apartment. It's never a house. Co-ops are never houses. They're all like apartments and big cities so if you want to do anything even change the paint color you have to go to the board and ask to do that <clears throat> and you can't ever rent it out you can't 
sell it. I mean, I mean, you can sell it, obviously, but you can't rent it out. You can't do like a freaking B. Was it? Will they do those sublet or sublet or? So, but I mean, so there's not a lot of options if you do co-op. I do not suggest them at all. Never, never, never. All right. So, to be clear, <laughs> we are people who want to live in the rural zone and have people far away. So that's where we've landed. Yeah, but, but even if you're in a city situation and you have a choice between if you're going to buy, this is just for buying. We'll get to renting in a moment. Uh, buying, if you have a choice between a condo and a co-op, always go with the condo because the co-op, you don't actually own it. I guess the, the advantage of a co-op would be that the owners of the whole thing are the people that live there. So you're not going to get like the evil landlord stuff. Yeah. So I can I mean, see some upsides to it. But there's but not a lot of upsides. It, it very much involves you interacting a whole lot with your community and being in agreement with your community. Yeah. And you can't change anything about your own space, which is why even bother. Right. So we're big into that. And the condo, it has association fees. That's the term I couldn't come up with. But association fees, which, you know, includes maybe lawn maintenance and snow removal or something like that. So this is varying degrees of other people being in your business. Yeah, you always have to deal with other people if you're in these situations. Right. So we're we're mostly talking about how like buying houses, but you want to get into renting. Have to be in another because we're already at fifty one. That might be the next. Let's do let's do renting. Let's do renting in another episode because there's a lot to discuss with renting because we've been everywhere and there's a lot of different rentals that we. Yeah, I feel like that's a whole episode. Yeah, I think so. To get back to campers, they go all the way down to the little airstreams that you pull behind a regular car that's just barely big enough for you to sleep in. But those are for people going camping and stuff, right? People end up, when they get desperate and they need housing, if you're living in a camper as your primary, it's because something has, something's gone wrong and you're stuck with that and you can't get a regular house. So you're making the best of it, right? That's kind of how I see it. But I have seen videos of people that have built, one lady put a wood stove in a camper i saw her she built it but this is one of the people we just talked about who had time and money enough to do all this and had carpenters and everything helping her so that she built it so that it was safe and she showed the whole build and contractors were commenting about it and and it it worked out but she's still probably losing heat out the sides oh yeah you know, it depends on what climate you're in with these things. If you're going to be in any kind of, and if, but I would say if you have a camper out in the woods and you just planted it on some property, I would say put any kind of skirt around the bottom of it just to keep air from, keep the wind from going underneath your home, so that you don't lose heat out the out of the floor. I would worry. Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Cause northeast you get way too cold. The south. Way too hot. You get too hot or hurricanes or tropical storms, depending on where hard you to are pick in the spot. south. The Midwest, you get tornadoes. Uh, the West, you get earthquakes and 
whatever else is out there. So I you got to pick your poison. There's when, no good spot. When people talk about the mobility of some of these things, you're going to be, I think, I think you mentioned RV parks a little while ago. Mm. There's RV parks that are a little more permanent, mm. but how many, you would have to become familiar with where those exist, mm. where yeah. those are. You, you got to pay like a, a fee. I don't know if it's by a week or a month or But whatever. you could conceivably, if you had some kind of RV or camper and you were in a mild environment where those things work, then there are communities for that. But then you've got – I had one guy talking to me about his, his camper and he was complaining that this place where he put it, they don't let him run his generator after a certain time. And that told me, okay, so in these these places, people are running generators. So you're you're basically listening to other people's generators all the time. And different generators, as we've discussed before, have and different noise levels. I think when we were living in Bath, there was two weeks. We were at, I think it was two weeks. It was like around October. It was in October. I don't remember the exact. We lost power, yeah. Lost power for almost two, I think it was. The question is, was it a week? It felt like a month. Let's it's be probably honest. a week. No, I think it was two weeks. Okay. Because it got to the point, we have gone several days, and it got to the point where, well, maybe we just drive to Vermont and stay with my parents. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was that bad. It wasn't but, It wasn't cold enough that you could ignore the fridge. You had to power the fridge. Yeah, so we had our little suitcase generators, but down the block, like way down the block... There was somebody running a freaking so loud generator. It's like, what? There were like two streets over. and <laughs> It was so loud, but it was one of those big house generators. And why would you need one in Bath, first off? But obviously now we know because random randomness. And it wasn't even bad weather. It just happened. There was, a, there was a big storm and a bunch of the infrastructure was damaged and... Basically, the local utility company didn't do the proper preparations and maintenance over years because they're a for-profit company. So if they don't have to do it, they don't. So they get caught with their pants down sometimes. And then you end up with like a big they – don't, they don't like do any of the constructive just-in-case stuff unless they have to. So we lost power for a while. And I remember walking outside at night. I, I don't know if we were running our generator at night. No, we weren't because we only used our generators for like two lights and the refrigerator because I couldn't, well, I couldn't do the business. I don't even know. I don't remember. Yeah, we couldn't run the business, but, but, but the thing is you, you, um, I, I don't, even, were you running at that time? I don't even remember to be honest. I don't I think, do know, I don't think you're running. I do know I painted the floors in the house. Because if you have an old house, the way they build them, they build them where you get direct sunlight the peak hours of the daytime. Yeah. So you are only in the dark when it's actually dark out because every room will have some light. That's right. That light that, that house had so much natural light. Yeah. So I was able to paint the floors because when we moved in... They were a terrible, terrible brown paint. And yeah, I know it's terrible to paint wood floors, but they were already painted and it's... Somebody else it's, did it it's first. It's too late. You can't... <laughs> once you paint the floors, it's too late. You can't go back. 
So I painted them a nice gray and I tried like the, not the lacquer, but you know, the shiny stuff to make it look pretty, but I didn't realize that if you use too much, it looks terrible. So some of the spots are weird looking, but anyway. I remember walking outside <laughs> right after that happened because, we, like I said, no generator at night. For the first few days, nobody, everyone in the state was buying generators, so you couldn't find one. Yeah. So for the first few nights, walking outside, walking the dogs. Well, if we had the generators, I had to have been running the business. You had the food truck, but I think we may have shut down because I may have accepted the job by then. But you were still going to Portland because you couldn't shower. And you're like, Jeremy said you could shower. I don't I don't remember exactly, but anyway. I walked outside. We still had to walk the dogs because we didn't have a fenced-in yard. And everything was so quiet and dark. Like no light pollution because street lights were not on. And it was just completely quiet. It was kind of amazing. It was kind of like going out into the woods camping and getting away from all the pollution, noise, and light pollution of society without leaving society, right? So when those other people finally got their house generator, it was a stark difference. It was, it was harsh. Yeah. Bear in mind, if you're going to live, like if you choose to be an off-grid person and you don't have any, like, city this, city that, uh, if you're around other people, they're going to run generators. It's going to be loud. Yeah. And that includes tiny homes. Oh, yeah. Unless you're hooked into power somehow. Or solar, but solar does not work if there's no sun. And if it's raining, there's no sun. Right, so you got batteries. What do you got? So, so if you're in an RV park, you might have ways to hook up to power, and then it's fine. But otherwise, generators and people are going to be loud. Because quiet generators are expensive. <laughs> they exist, but they're totally expensive. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, our suggestion... Just do what you can and yeah, and I mean, just be advised, like think about where you're at. If, if you're thinking about getting, the only one of these that I think would be dangerous for, for a person is if they're up here in New England in the Northeast and they're getting a camper just because of the temperature. Yeah, I worry about that. If you don't know how to retrofit it yourself and insulate it yourself, you're going to get cold in there. And what are you going to do? Run electric heaters? Where's the power going to come from? You got a generator? What's going on? It's and electric heaters in such a small space is also not very smart either. Yeah. Got to say. I'll do a quick public service announcement here. <laughs> you're often told not to use extension cords. It Well, hopefully you've been told. Don't use extension cords with space heaters. And the reason for that is... Your typical extension cord is not rated for the kind of electricity that goes to a space mm -hmm. heater. Space heaters take lots and lots of wattage. Mm -hmm. So if you get an extension cord that's really heavy duty and thick and can handle that wattage, mm -hmm. you're fine with the extension cord. It's, it's all good. It's like one of those big orange ones that are gross to look at. You don't, you don't quite have to go that far. But well, you, but it's you, safer. <laughs> but you do have to pay attention to the gauge and make sure you've got enough. So... That's, then you're fine with a space heater and a cord because it can handle the wattage. But your typical extension cord that people tend to get is not rated for that kind of wattage. It's meant for lamps and things like that. 
So what they'll do is they'll hook a space heater in their camper to a regular old extension cord and run that somewhere. And you put too much power through a wire and it starts to heat up. And the wire starts to melt all the plastic insulation around it. And that's how a fire gets started. And people, people have died in fires started by space heaters with an extension cord. So you got to be careful. And that's why we, we have used extension cords with space heaters when we needed to. But we're very careful to get a heavy gauge that can handle. We, we, look at, we actually look at the wattage on the space heater. We look at the wattage when we buy the extension cord. And we make sure everything's correct. So you got to pay attention to that and stuff. And if you're not using it, always unplug it. Don't just turn it off. Unplug it. Don't chance anything. I mean, don't be yeah. stupid. You 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 really can't be too safe, and it's a minimal effort to just unplug it from the wall. What's it going to hurt? You know, well, I don't need to do that. Well, is it going to hurt you to do it? It's not going to hurt you. Unplug it from the wall. Just do it. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. And and don't. Well, they say don't leave it unattended, but people end up using it at night to keep things warm. Nowadays, there's infrared heaters, which we can get into another time. But, but, but the point is, if you're in a spot where you're in New England and you're using a camper, you're going to have a hard time with heat. Just be safe and make sure you have smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors. Even though it's a small space, just get them. Don't be stupid. Yeah. I mean, save your life. Save your pet's life because I'm sure you got a pet. Which also comes back to, guess what? Those take power. A pet? Well, those do too, but the carbon monoxide. <laughs> no, the, the battery. You got battery. Oh, they, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah. Powder. It's fine. Okay. Then there's no excuse. Yeah. Go ahead and get them. Yep. The pet, the pet, like, <laughs> brings its own power. <laughs> they got power. Maybe too much. <laughs> Especially if there are pets. But. All right. So, this has been a meandering <laughs> discussion of the various types of housing that you can get. Yeah. But I think it's good. Yeah, so another in another episode, we'll talk about renting, and we'll talk about ways to heat your home and stuff like that. Hopefully, it will help someone. Yeah, if they're on the edge of deciding between different housing. So, if any of the five to seven of you that listen to this, <laughs> if you're looking for a house, contact us. We'll help you. Yeah, it's not like we're gonna get overwhelmed with emails. There's not many of you. <laughs> Come on, people. We'll get famous later. <laughs> Someday. So, maybe if we talk about murder. Maybe. Or <laughs> or promote this thing in any way at all. I mean, I try, but sometimes I forget. Sorry. Right. So, until <laughs> next time, have a good whatever you're doing. Bye.